Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name is Andrew Bascom, and for 112 episodes, we helped you lose money on everything. It's a 20-ish minute sports gambling podcast where we discuss UFC 273. Yes, it's a bonus episode. We already had one earlier in the week discussing the Masters, and yes, we are enjoying losing money on the Masters currently, but we decided to double down and bet a little bit on UFC 273, and anytime we talk about MMA, anytime we talk about the UFC, we have our one, our only, The Gambler on to discuss it. So all three bets will be with The Gambler on the many ways that we can lose money on UFC 273. On the over-under for the 20 minutes, I would take the over, because God knows we love discussing MMA around here. So let's lose money on UFC 273 with The Gambler for all three bets, coming up next. All three bets with The Gambler. Coming up first for all three bets is our guy, everything MMA, the Gambler. Gambler, how you doing? It's great to be here. Great to be back. You know, what a, what a card to come back to. What a, what a weekend to come back. Just a, a, a betting, a gift from the betting gods. <laughs> it really is. If you, uh, you know, where we're betting right now uh, is Ontario, and it was just legalized this week that you could do single game bets. And what a weekend they gave us uh, between a UFC card and the Masters. So many ways to lose money. And what we're going to be talking about specifically here is UFC 273. You know, it's an interesting card. Gambler, you and I talk about this all the time where, you know, there is the cards where a Diaz brother will be the headliner or McGregor will be a headliner. And that's, that's the ones that gets asses and seats. Or most recently, when Jorge Masvidal was fighting at Kobe Covington. Those are the ones that get asses and seats. Then there's other cards where maybe they're not as big names, but they're very technical fighters. And I think this is one of those cards. This is, yeah, this is more of a purist card because you don't have a mm-hmm. lot of the, like, you know, A-list or mainstream fighters. Um, but in yep. terms of the matchups, I mean, this is one of the deeper cards that we've had this year in terms of just having solid MMA matchups, both on the prelims yeah. and on the main card. Um, there's a lot here to, uh, to really save. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so, I'm so excited to be doing this. The only, the only issue is, so as an MMA fan, if I'm sitting back and I'm having a beer, I'm just watching MMA. This is great. What a great card. This is awesome. But as a gambler. And, uh, and you are, it's in your title, is that, is that you know, what, how are we going to lose money? How are we going to make money on this event? Because the biggest three fights, the three fights that we, we will mainly be focusing on right now are all really long odds. So we got to get very specific here on how we're going to be making some money, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, the, you know, when I first saw the, uh, the odds on this card, uh, when they kind of opened uh, this week, they should rename the card, you know, UFC 273, the chalk. I mean, you know, this is <laughs> if Charlie Chalk was into MMA, this is this is just his go-to right now. You know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, He'd love this. All big favorites. All three are big favorites. You know, like you know, right now we have Volkanovski at minus seven hundred. We have Sterling. Excuse me. We have Peter Yan at minus five hundred, and we have uh, Chimiev at minus six hundred. You know, those are all really tough odds to try and win if you're just maybe getting some money line. So we got to sprinkle in some outcome stuff and. Why don't we start here? Why don't we start with the non-title fight here? Why don't we start with Gilbert Burns plus 400 versus Hazmat Chimeyev at minus 600? How do you see this fight going? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Hamzad is, is easily one of the most, if not the most high-profile up-and-comer in the UFC right now. He, he's, you know, splashed onto the stage. He's, you know, been in the UFC now since 2000 and, 
uh, 20. He's got four fights. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guy's a monster, right? Physically, he's a monster. Uh, his file, uh, fighting style is, is extremely aggressive. It's a crowd favorite. Um, he just walks guys down fearlessly. Somehow, this is the, the, you know, the, the aspect that, that I really enjoy. Takes no damage in his fights mm-hmm. and is just nonstop offense. I mean, I, the stat that stuck out to me is that he is averaging, uh, that he averages nine significant strikes landed per minute while only Jesus. absorbing on average one. So for right. people that are bad at math, if you look at his fight time, he is uh, sitting at 112 to 1 strikes landed to strikes absorbed ratio, which is mm. just mm. unruly. Um, yep. He's got a total of 7 minutes, 54 seconds of octagon time across four fights. Right. And he's got three first round finishes. So the guy, you know, he really lives up to his nickname, the Wolf. The guy's a killer, straight up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it's he is the next star. You know, this is what people have been you know pegging for a while. You know, people have criticized his strength of competition with the highest uh, person he's ever faced as number eleven in the rankings. But I really, honestly, don't think that's his fault. I think people have been afraid to fight this guy. Um, there's a, it's the same thing as uh, Islam Machev and stuff like that. There is there are people that just why in the world would they want to sacrifice their record? And that's why I'm kind of excited. Gilbert Burns being number three in the division, you know, stepping up to do this. This fight's really interesting. Like the other one too is Errol Kawani said the story the other day where people have been doing two, three a days, which means like a couple practices a day to get ready. Uh, he does five a days, and they were trying. They got to figure out schedules to make him like get out of the gym because he's just such an animal. So it's it's really exciting because it is a coronation in a lot of ways where people just know he's going to be fighting for a title within the next year. And so Gilbert Burns feels like that sacrificial lamb. The only thing that I find very interesting about this fight is Chavez. His striking is incredible, and his wrestling is really good. He, can, he's, he has picked up three different opponents and slammed them on the ground, which is a very rare thing to do outside of, like, Matt Hughes or something like that. So the problem is, though, Gilbert Burns' strength is on the ground, his submissions. So I wonder how that's going to go, where he's going to get him to the ground, and then what is he going to do with him? Is he going to want to stand and strike? Is he going to want to stand and back up again? Is it going to be a lot against the cage? How do you see that going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's uh, that's what makes this fight so interesting. Is is Gilbert mm. Burns is a, is a kind of a perfect counter to Shemaev's main strength, which is his grappling and his uh, submissions. Right. Um, I really think that Shemaev will bully Burns uh, on the feet, as he tends to do. Uh, Shemaev sets up a lot of his finishes with strikes, either by rocking guys or dropping them and then jumping on top of them. So yeah. I think Chimaev, you're going to see the same approach. You're going to see him probably walk him down, use his size, use his length. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Chimaev does finish this fight on the feet. Um, but if he doesn't mm. finish, finish it on the feet, I don't know that he'll be able to get the submission because at the end of the day, we got to give uh, respect to Burns. He is a world-class BJJ expert. So Absolutely. My pick on this one is uh, mm-hmm. Chimaev inside the distance, which is paying out at a minus 170 right now. Um, okay. and I also like Shemaev TKOKO plus 150 because I do see okay. him dropping burns and finishing him on the ground with strength. Okay. See, okay. I like that and you could totally see it happening. Of course, I'm on Shemaev as well, but I, I just honestly can't, I can't in good faith look anybody in the eye for this card, especially for these three fights and say, take the money line. Like, don't. Like, I don't know, save it. Like, it's minus, minus 600. What are you going to do with this number? I'm going to be taking Shemaev uh, inside the distance at well at minus 170. Except I'm going to be going via submission at plus 350. I know how talented Burns is on the ground. 
I think this might be more of a, a pummeling and exhaustion thing where you just, you get someone's back because they're like, oh my God, please just let this end. So uh, I'm going to go with the, the submission at plus 350 for that one. So you and I kind of on the same similar idea, just the outcome uh, a little bit different or the, uh, the, just the method of victory coming out a little different there. All right, let's move on to the next fight. The bantamweight championship of the world. This one's got a lot of juice behind it. Aljamain Sterling at plus 350 is the champion facing Peter Yan at minus 500, the challenger. Uh, a big, big number for the challenger at minus 500. Obviously, everyone remembers last fight. Uh, Sterling got uh, kneed while on his knees and couldn't continue the fight and was given the belt because of it, uh, which is a very controversial thing that I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how you feel about this, but like some people are like, no, you got to stay in and fight. Other people are like, he couldn't fight, so that's why it had to happen this way. There's a very famous one with Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith and John Jones where Smith was uh, illegally need and continued on and lost, uh, which he was already doing anyway, so whatever. But, you know, there's a lot. They've been talking since this happened, almost two years ago, uh, and talking a lot. So that's what we're going to be seeing, Sterling versus Jan. And it was a very interesting first fight, too, because Sterling took the first round pretty easily, and Jan was just now putting, putting hands to him for the next three rounds uh, until, he, until he need him. So where do you see this fight going? Yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I, I think you got to look at this in two different ways about their first fight. You look at it from a sports okay. perspective, you know, Sterling flat yep. broke the rules. It was 100% illegal knee, or sorry, uh, Jan broke the rules. 100% illegal knee. It hit Sterling really badly. Wouldn't be surprised if it concussed him. So just from a rules, you know, uh, perspective, he broke the rules and he, you know, he paid the, paid the consequences. But from a yeah, fight yeah. perspective, there is an element in fighting because it is a sport like any, like none other, where, yeah, you, you definitely look at it from more of that kind of like fight spirit, fight heart element where there are guys who have had much worse things happen to them and they find a way to continue. So I see mm -hmm. both sides of it. I, I think the reason this one sucks is kind of, as you said, Sterling came out, put on a vicious pace, you know, was trying to overwhelm Jan and then what a massive drop off in those later rounds. I mean, Jan completely yeah. took control in the striking, took control in the wrestling. That, that was turning into a very, very uneven or one-sided fight up until that knee landing. So I think if it was a very competitive back and forth, razor thin fight and that happened, people would have mm -hmm. probably said, okay, well, we got to see the rematch. And, you know, it's a, it just kind of unfortunately happened. But because Jan was really taken over, was in full control and was probably on his way to a decision victory, there is, a, I, I feel for the people that say that, you know, Jan was robbed and that Jan is the real king. That yeah, I, I don't said, get that. Yeah, so it's, it's just, it's unfortunate the way it happened. But honestly, I, I think this fight will play out largely the same way because I don't mm. know how many changes Sterling could have made since their last fight, especially considering, let's yeah. not forget, Sterling's coming off a next year. Yes, Sterling, yes. Sterling hasn't fought since last March, is coming off mm -hmm. of neck surgery. There's a lot of guys, a lot of fighters who talk about you're never the same after you go through similar types of neck surgeries. So, you know, we'll see how he looks. Meanwhile, Peter Yawn is coming off of a fight of the night performance. Again, none other than our boy, Corey Sandhagen, a guy that you and I <laughs> yeah, have I know. been big on in the past. Yep. Yep. So, I feel like Jan is just still performing at that very high level. His stock couldn't be higher. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. Sterling didn't look great in the last fight, with the exception of that first round, and is coming yeah. off a neck surgery. So, yeah, for, for me, that's a huge standout. Um, I think Jan is a just you know a very very well rounded fighter. He's an elite boxer. He's got very very yes. good wrestling. You know, Sterling's got a little bit of size and reach on him, not much. Sterling, mm -hmm. you know in the early rounds has the volume, 
But I honestly think yeah. it's going to play out the same. I think Sterling might try to jump on him real quick. Jan is extremely durable. I think Jan will weather the storm. And I, I think we're just going to see Jan take over and, and either pick him apart on the feet or, or take over the, uh, the wrestling yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I, I honestly, it's hard to argue here. I have Yawn inside the distance as well at plus 140. And I just have him by KO and TKO at plus 175. Now, I don't like the difference between 140 and 175. At this point, just make a bigger bet at inside the distance and just ride with it. But, I, you know, for the sake of being specific about this, I am going to have a few shares in the KO, TKO at plus 175. You know, we often talk about an MMA, uh, this is the best boxer in MMA. And I often think that's a stupid thing to say because boxing is just a different sport. Like, it, it just ultimately is a different sport. The strategy is completely different. And to keep thinking that MMA guys are going to go over there in boxing is the same reason why we don't think boxing guys are going to come over to MMA. But Peter Yan is as close to that, making that argument as possible. His footwork is so sound. He keeps his hands so tight, as opposed to a lot of uh, you know, MMA strikers that you know it's more free-flowing and their hands are a little bit out there and stuff. Aljamain Sterling's real strength is his wrestling. And and Peter Yan is really good at, at wrestling defense. So I just, I don't see how this works out for him. I, the biggest issue with that first fight, other than getting knee on the head when you're, you have your knees down, is that he burned himself out in the first round. He did everything he could to get going on the first round. And guess what? It worked. But he got four more rounds, man. So I just, if he does the same thing, cool. Yan uh, can withstand that in round one. By the way, I hate Peter Yan. I just think he's such a prick. <laughs> I don't like betting on this guy at all. I can't believe that I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just want to make it incredibly clear. I do not like this guy. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what it's based on. I just don't like his face, I guess. Is that uh, I, I'm going to be taking the inside distance plus 140 and the KO, TKO plus 175. To be honest, of the three fights, this is the one where maybe I sprinkle a little bit, but I just can't see how Sterling ultimately wins all five rounds because I think it would result in a, in a decision for him to have to win. And I just don't think he has that five rounds in him. No, I, I think, I think, yeah, Sterling definitely looked like a bit of a rookie in that last fight. And like I said, I, I think he realizes that the longer the fight goes, I think because Peter Yan is a more technical, more well, well-rounded fighter, the odds will favor Yan in the later rounds. And, and so I think he did that yeah. intentionally, yeah. but he did a little bit too harsh. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm taking uh, Jan by decision, uh, sitting at a plus 135 now. Uh, mm. And the sprinkle I'm going to offer, uh, which is not okay. common among all sports books, but it is out there, is Jan by KO, TKO in rounds three, four, or five, and that is at a plus 350. Because I really Whoa. do think those are going to be Jan's rounds in which he'll win if, if he finishes the fight. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's would have been the rounds that he would have finished them in the first fight if that had gone that there that way. You know, exactly. he was, that fight was over. Like, he, he was just pummeling him, which really makes the, the knee very confounding. Um, like, I understand you're desperate sometimes, and you're like, oh, I did something to get out of the fight, so I have an excuse. This one, you didn't need it. Jan was winning. And uh, so I don't, I don't really get that one at all. But I think we're on the same page once again, just we're seeing the outcome come a little bit different here. Let's lead ourselves up to the featherweight championship of the world, Alexander Volkanovsky at minus 700, versus the Korean Zombie at plus 500. Now, I will say, Volkanovsky has not lost in near a decade. Now, the Korean Zombie was a surprising choice, I think. Uh, I, didn't, I don't know if this speaks to the featherweight uh, weight classes just being a little bit light. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, you know what? No, pun intended. I'm, I'm going to go with that now. No more no pun intended. Pun intended. Uh, and so I'm surprised to see the Korean Zombie at plus 500. Volkanovski, for a dominant champion, is maybe one of the least heralded. Um, and I actually, you know what? I take it back. Dominant champion? I don't even know if he's been super dominant. But he keeps winning. How do you feel about this fight? How do you see this fight going? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I want to preface it by saying that, you know, even though this is the headliner, uh, this is, especially mm-hmm. of these three top fights, the one I'm least excited for, I, I do feel, oh, interesting. you know, the fight that everybody wanted to see was the fight that they had scheduled, which was the trilogy bout between Volkanovski and Holloway. That was the real, yeah. you know, that's a fight that I think would have really headlined this card properly. Uh, not to go into too much detail, but those first two fights with Holloway were both razor thin. Either one razor. of them would have gone either way. So I'm not upset at all that UFC is going to do the trilogy, even though Volkanovski is up 2-0. Um, because I really do think that those are, you know, interchangeably one and two in the world at 145. You know, yeah. the, the Korean Zombie is coming in as a, not a late replacement, but I guess kind of a bit of a late replacement. I, sorry, not a last-minute replacement, but a bit of a late replacement. Yeah, yeah. And I just feel that, yeah, you know, 145 isn't quite what it used to be. Because as you said, there's no. a lot of people that are talking about Volkanovski as the 145 GOAT. I do not agree with that at all. I think Volkanovski hmm. is an outstanding fighter, but he definitely yep. needs to do a little bit more. I just think he's doing the best with what's in front of him, right? I mean, he's fought Holloway yeah, twice, and he won both of those fights. He destroyed Ortega. You know, if you look at the rest of the division, it's like there's not there's not as much depth as there used to be, especially with Poirier having moved up and Jose Aldo yeah. being older. Yeah. Well, who's, who still is re- relevant in a weird way. But, you know, th- the only thing I'd say, the only thing I'd, the only thing I'd say about that, though, is what doesn't help Volkanovsky, what doesn't help him in these arguments is you know, he beat Holloway twice. Okay, but he barely beat him. And maybe there's some people that don't believe he beat him. And then the other one, he kicked the crap out of uh, Ortega. Yeah, but he was within, I don't know, seconds of tapping out at the end of the round. Like, how, you know, there, there are the... got out of that... Yeah, I, I've watched I have no that, idea. that fight again leading up to this one. How he got out of that game. No, no other no person idea. would have gotten out of that game. Like, I just... That, yep. that is... Which maybe that's credit to him for, for having that fight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean... You know, yeah, maybe. he was in he was in a tough spot. He actually got caught in a triangle, I think, too, not not uh, not long after yeah. that. But I mean, you know, he he definitely made or take a pay in the later rounds, like absolutely. Oh lit boy, him up did on he. the on the. But he's he's just missing that victory where you're like, yeah, don't fuck with that guy. Holy shit, did you see that? Like he seems to have all these things of like, yeah, but yeah, but but and at the same time, in since 2011, he's never seen a loss. So like, it is really hard to. Uh, to really quantify where he is at within our like pound for pound or anything. If I had told you there's a champion out there that hasn't lost in 10 years, you'd be like, well, he's got to be like the number one pound for pound fighter. Uh, yeah, no, he's in the top five. You know, like it's, that's a kind of a crazy argument, you know? No, I, 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 I'm right there with you. I, like I said, he's, a, he's an amazing fighter. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a, an exciting fighter to watch. Definitely not the 145 GOAT. You know, I don't even know if he's maybe top two, top three all time at 145. Yeah. And actually... I think a good comparison for Volkanovski is Benson Henderson. For a while there, oh, Benson wow. Henderson was on just crazy win streaks in shallow divisions, and but he'd always win by like split decision or something. And even though he had all these wins, like whoever goes back and says, "Oh, remember the great Benson Henderson, one of the best of all time?" No, of course not. No, he yeah, was a no. Good fighter at his time, he was a very well-rounded. He didn't finish guys, but he was a decision machine. Ironically, somewhat yes. similar to Volkanovski. Um, mm-hmm. and he was the champ for a while. So yeah, no, I think Volkanovski needs to either start finishing guys decisively or, you know, just add to his title defenses. If he starts to rack up five, six, seven, eight title defenses. Okay. Well now, now the narrative. Well, for sure. But here's the issue though, him facing the Korean zombie, 
I don't think is going to quiet anybody's argument here. Like, I don't, if he beats Green Zombie, which definitely the odds makers uh, think he will at minus 700, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, I've seen what I wanted now. Great. All right. Yeah, you're one of the best. Like, you know, unfortunately, this, this thinned out division is not helping him here. So he's facing the Korean Zombie, which I think is kind of light competition at this point. Korean Zombie was once, you know, pretty, pretty feared or, uh, you know, at least a reputable striker. And I think that's kind of gone away. How do you see this fight going? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of you hit the nail on the head there. You know, the Korean Zombies four and two since coming back in 2017, and it's been a kind of an up down battle for him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's pieced together um, a couple of victories. He's actually, you know, one and one in his last two, and he's one and three in his last four. So, you know, very much they, the UFC needed somebody to fight Volkanovski, and they just picked the Korean Zombies. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess just to get to it, I think Volkanovski just dominates at every level of the fight he's the better striker he's yeah. the better grappler uh i think he's got the better pace he's got a very good gas tank i just it's to me it's just one of those black and white ones there's nothing that volkanovs does that the korean zombie does better i think both it, guys are yes. very durable uh i i just i don't see this fight being anything out of the ordinary except for maybe just a a, a stand-up war with some grappling uh and ultimately volkanovsky i think just basically dominating the entire fight so why well, yeah yeah i was gonna say you know you kind of alluded to it right there's there's nothing there's no there's no money to be made in the money line so this is another one where i'm looking at especially based on his record give me volkanovsky by decision it, it's sitting at a minus mm. 120 uh and i think if, if, if i recall our conversation this is a bizarre one because isn't there like a, a 700 point swing in the sports books between, you know, Volkanovski yeah. money line is like minus 450 all the way to minus 1100. Like, what the hell is that? I, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. I, you know, just with, this is a good, this is a good PSA time for the gambler and I to tell everyone listening at home, shop around, shop around with your numbers. If you are putting anything over $50 on a single bet, you should be shopping that money around because here's a really good example of that. You can go to Bovada right now and get Alexander Volkanovski just to win at minus 450. Or you can go all the way to sports bet and get him at minus 1100. There is a huge difference between those two numbers. And the fact that you just, you know, you go to your normal book and I got my couple hundred dollars in there and you just open it up and bet on whatever is there. That is really, really a big argument to saying you should not be doing that. You should shop around. There are lots of really good aggregator websites that will show you all the odds that where you can put your money because the difference between minus 450 and minus 1100 is gigantic. Yeah, it's it's puzzling. You you don't see that often. Usually, you'll see a no. swing of maybe, especially in the money line. But once you get into like the really really low level, uh, really specific uh, prop bets, you'll see a bigger swing. But you know, when you see like these money line bets, you know, you'll see a 150, 200 point swing, seven hundred, mm-hmm. something's going on. Um, yeah. The other point too, which which going back to the joke made at the beginning of the of the discussion is. You know, when I see cards like this that have, especially in the main or the top fights, you know, big favorites, you're not going to make money off money line, but there might be a path to get decent odds on a parlay. So when you do yep. a two or yes. especially a three like parlay, even with favorites, you can get positive odds and, and you can get a nice angle. I think the last time I checked this one, averaging out the, the money line uh, odds, you're still at like a minus 150 or minus 200 on a three like parlay, which is abysmal. Like, don't, here's yep. another PSA. Don't take minus odds, especially that low, on a three or more like parlay. That's a horrible oh. bet to make. 
you're just asking to lose money. You are asking to lose money. Hey, we're all for losing money here, but like at least make yourself competitive. Like for three fighters, one of these guys really might lose. We never see UFC cards where it just goes all chalk. If you're getting three fights and all three need to come in at a minus 150, bet on something else, man. Bet on, bet on the 76ers that night at minus 110. Like, I just, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you know, with that being said, though, okay, wait, two things. We'll wrap up the discussion with Volkanovsky. I have him inside the distance at plus 125 and KOTKO at plus 240. I agree also, he's here to make a statement. Korean Zombie does walk his face into a lot of fists. So I think it's just going to be, I think if, if anything, he, he can make a stamp here. This might be, to be honest, even though we have the same winners for every fight, this might be the biggest dis- disagreement on how the fight might end there. So because you have him by decision, I have him inside the distance. And I will say, if okay, so Gambler, one last thing. If one of these heavy favorites, Volkanovsky, Jan, Shemaev, who is the one that you could see is the most likely to be upset? You know, I, I, I think this might be a little bit of an unpopular pick, but I honestly think it would be Sterling. And Wow, I, yeah. I, I just think that even though, like we talked about, Jan is, is the more well-rounded fighter and Jan was on his way to, to dominating that fight, Sterling put it on him in that fight. Sterling yep, put it on him. Yep. And, and, you know, I think there's a path there that if Sterling can maybe dial it back a little bit or, you know, just when he has those openings, go for the finish. I don't remember the last time Peter Jan's been finished, certainly not in the UFC, but I could see Sterling pulling off an upset. I don't see the same for Hamzat. I think that guy's just, he's literally a killer. And I definitely don't see a way for the Korean zombie to, to, to beat or to finish uh, Volkanovski. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally understand that. And I, I, funny enough, I'm going to go with Gilbert Burns at plus 400. Now, while Chimev might be the next uh, Kristen star that's going to be coming up and we might see an Usman fight very soon, you hope that this is maybe a Mayweather-Canelo type thing where Canelo's on the way up. He's going to be one of the best. We all know that. But one of the older guys tries to catch him at just the right time while he's still on the way up. And, you know, maybe just catches his arm and you're like, oh my God, you know, I can't believe that just happened. Because to me, you know, Korean Zombie has to have a flash knockout or Sterling has to kind of grind himself into a decision where I see Burns kind of can just grab his leg and like, oh my God, that fight just ended in a blink of an eye. I don't think that's what's going to happen. But if you had to put a gun to my head, that's what I'd be doing. Um, all right, Gambler, do you have any other bets on this card at all that you're sprinkling on? The only one that I want to throw out there, which I, I always like to make this bet because it usually pays out, is uh, on the Dern-Torres fight. Yeah. Dern has been looking better and better. Uh, I think I saw the last time I checked, uh, Dern by decision is at like a plus 280 or a plus, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, by submission is at a plus oh. 280 or plus 290. I love taking that prop bet on Dern. She o- usually right. finishes her fights by submission. So that's another one I would throw out is Dern by submission. Again, plus 280 or plus 290 last time I checked. I, I, I love that. I actually, funny enough, I had Torres by decision at plus 160 pencil down, but I'm going to look at that again because I kind of like Dern too, and I didn't really feel too confident about that one. The only other two I have is Madsen by decision at plus 225, and I really do like Tybura versus uh, Rosenstruck. Tybura's right now the underdog at plus 130. I, I, I'm going to be holding a few shares of that one as well. Well, Gambler, you're the best. Thank you for coming on, and we hope you don't lose too much money this weekend. Well, we'll see if we can stay true to the name, but uh, yeah, it's a great <laughs> card to come back to, and uh, I'm really excited for it. Okay, that's it. That's all. Thank you so much to The Gambler for coming on and making all those picks for UFC 273. We cannot wait to lose money on what is going to be a very good nerd-centric MMA card. 
None of your running smack talking guys. Actually, people that throw down the ring. It's going to be really good. We hope we find many ways to lose money. For the recap and the record check, we will be doing that next week because it's only been a couple days since the last episode. What do you want from us? A recap of yesterday? No, that doesn't, that's not the way this works. But a guarantee we, pretty much, we probably lost money. That's, that's what I'm guaranteeing you. So we will see you next week to lose all the money on all the sports. But until then, please go to at Losing Money WAB on social, on Twitter, on Instagram, so you could find our free daily picks in between episodes. Have a good weekend, Losing Money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!